Welcome back to This Week in Video Games, and this is the News Roundup, giving you all the latest video game news you need to know in just about 10 minutes. So if you find this useful, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe on YouTube, and also your favourite podcast app. So links down below in the description or the show notes. Well, it's Monday, the 10th of May, 2021, so let's get into the news. Well, just one new story this week, and it's been dominating the news in the video game landscape recently, and that is the Epic versus Apple court case. And today, I wanted to give you a little bit of a recap on the story so far, because there's so many interesting details that have leaked out during that court case. I wanted to give you a rundown of the story so far. So gamesindustry.biz released an article today on the topic of what we've learned so far in the Epic versus Apple court case, and I wanted to bring that to you so you're kept up to date. So it's safe to assume that anyone following the coverage of the trial already knows much of the background, but here's a short summary about how the two companies got to this point. So in August 2020, Epic Games added a hotfix to the mobile version of the popular Battle Royale game, Fortnite, they introduced the ability to make payments directly to Epic when purchasing the in-game V-Bucks currency. This subverted the 30% commission both Apple and Google take from purchases made through their app stores, violating their developer agreements and prompting both firms to remove Fortnite from their respective marketplaces. Epic responded with both a video to its audience, satirising the Apple's 1984 ad and painting the iPhone maker as a tyrannical dictator, and antitrust lawsuits against both Apple and Google. It was a calculated move, one we now know is referred to as Project Liberty behind the scenes. Epic's key complaints were about the 30% commission on all payments and the inability to take direct payments, though there had also been discussion of opening up Apple's tighter ecosystem to allow alternative app stores. The 1984 video was controversial with the debate whether it was weaponizing Fortnite's younger audience, something that exacerbated the hashtag free Fortnite in-game event that Epic ran a few weeks later. So in addition to removing Fortnite, Apple attempted to terminate Epic's developer accounts, which endangered any studios using Epic's Unreal Engine to power their apps. The engine provider fought back and won a restraining order that protects Unreal Engine, but Epic's developer account was terminated and Fortnite remained blocked. So Apple also filed a countersuit dismissing Epic's case as nothing more than a basic disagreement over money. Both sides declined a trial by jury and the trial was set for May the 3rd, 2021. So the judge assigned to the case, Yvonne Gonzalez-Rogers, has warned that given Epic's desire to open up the iOS ecosystem to other stores, this dispute could have serious ramifications for platforms such as PlayStation, Xbox and Nintendo. And Epic also filed against Apple and Google in Australia and in the UK and Apple in the European Union. And the UK Competition Tribunal blocked Epic's case against Apple, but allowed the Google suit to proceed. The case against Google had a lower profile, and Google had requested that courts not connect it to the Epic versus Apple case, and even asked for the trial to be delayed until October 2022, although that was rejected. So first up, we got the opening statements. So both Epic and Apple laid out their key arguments in their opening statements, on Monday with the former questioning of many of the policies behind the iOS app store, while the latter stressed the harm that an Epic victory could cause consumers. Epic labelled iOS as anti-competitive and cited Apple staff, including previous CEO Steve Jobs, who discussed locking consumers into the ecosystem. It also said the cut Apple takes from purchases across the full breadth of the app store is arbitrary and inconsistent, applying to digital goods but not physical, not applying to subscriptions until Apple decided it did, etc, etc. 
So Apple, meanwhile, argued that the App Store's business model and policies actually improved consumer choice and stressed how Epic itself had benefited from the store, including the money it already made from Fortnite, more than $750 million on iOS alone, according to Apple. And it also disputed Epic's definition of a single market, and definitions are going to be key into how this case plays out. Well, next up, we got technical difficulties, so the first day of the trial did not run entirely smoothly. So for one thing, someone failed to mute all viewers in the conference call, reportedly leading to 20 minutes of young fans calling the courts to free Fortnite. And some documents related to the case were also accidentally released alongside those intended to be made publicly available. So Judge Gonzalez Rogers said the following day there was no point in resealing them after the leak. Well, next up, we got the point that Fortnite is a metaverse and not a game. So after the opening statements, Epic CEO Tim Sweeney was called to the stand. So in addition to the reiterations from Epic's main arguments, this part of the session saw Sweeney describe Fortnite as a metaverse rather than a video game, claiming it's a phenomenon that transcends gaming, according to The Verge. And he compared the battle royale to the notion of a metaverse described in Neil Stevenson's novel Snow Crash, and the session explored the use of in-game concerts as an example. Meanwhile, Protocol reports Sweeney hinted at the vision for Fortnite's far-flung future with a focus more on creation than competition. So the long-term evolution of Fortnite will be opening up Fortnite as a platform created to distribute their works to users, and creators will make the majority of the profits, the CEO said. With Apple taking 30% off the top, it makes it very hard for Epic and creators to exist in this future world. So the metaverse concept is one that Sweeney has spoken to about for years, he touched on it in 2017's DevCom keynote, where he also spoke out against the App Store's 30% commissions for the first time, and told GameIndustry.biz last year that the metaverse is going to happen. More recently, Epic's metaverse ambition won over investors, including Sony, who poured in another billion dollars into its long-term vision. Next up, we've got Sweeney is unsure how an Epic win would impact non-gaming apps. So throughout the build-up to the trial, Epic Games and Sweeney in particular have positioned this fight as being one made on behalf of all developers, not just of games but other apps, and hence Epic's role in helping form the Coalition for App Fairness. But the monetization model at play on the App Store goes beyond just used in Fortnite and other games, with dating, health and messaging apps used as examples during the trial of businesses that could be impacted by the changes Epic hopes to make. So when questioned about whether he understood the ramifications this case might have for such apps, Sweeney responded, I personally do not. The Coalition for App Fairness is currently pushing for state-specific bills to deflect the 30% fee on both Apple's App Store and Google Play. And while the bill failed in North Dakota, it made some progress in Arizona. Well, next up, we've got Inside the Epic Game Store and Fortnite. So the first day's discussion also covered the Epic Game Store and whether or not it's profitable, something Apple called into question before the trial began. And Sweeney confirmed that the store is hundreds of millions of dollars short of being profitable, but it expects to turn a profit within three or four years. So several documents emerge alongside the trial that go into more detail around Epic's various businesses. So one performance and strategy review of the Epic's game store revealed the particulars of a $146 million Borderlands deal as an example of how Epic secures exclusives, and the $11.7 million spent on games it would give away freely on a weekly basis. Another document gave more insight into the finances of Fortnite, revealing the popular multiplayer game generated more than $9 billion in the space of two years. $9 billion, oh my god. So Game Discovery co Simon Carlos 
has written a more in-depth analysis on what we can learn from revelations around the Epic Game Store and Fortnite. So you should definitely check that out and I'll link that down below. Next up, Epic cut a deal with Sony on cross-platform play. So some of the revelations from this case may not be specific to Apple and Epic, but have given more insight into a certain behind-the-scenes agreement around the games industry. Perhaps the most interesting is the fact that Sony would only allow cross-play functionality between Fortnite players on PS4 and those on other platforms if it could charge Epic an additional royalty to offset the reduction in revenue. So rather than fighting that position as it had with Apple, the Fortnite firm instead agreed. Well, next up, Fortnite may return to iOS, but not on the App Store. So graphic card specialist NVIDIA was called as a witness this week due in part to the company's collaboration with Epic Games on adding Fortnite to its streaming service GeForce Now. And this was first reported last year, but it's since been confirmed during the trial by NVIDIA's Ashish Patel, according to iMore. So GeForce Now is not available on iOS's native app, instead released as a web app for Safari due to Apple's restrictions on gaming streaming services being released through the App Store. Adding Fortnite to the service means that iOS users will be able to play the game, albeit via cloud streaming, for the first time since it was removed back in August 2020. Patel suggested the game could return on iOS in October. And the trial also explored Microsoft's own difficulties bringing its game streaming service Project xCloud to iOS, so there's some really interesting parallels between this and that case. Well, next up, Xbox has never made a profit on its consoles. The third day of the trial began with Laurie Wright, Microsoft's Vice President for Gaming, Media and Entertainment on the stand. Wright discussed Microsoft's business model and was asked about the profitability of Xbox consoles. She confirmed that Microsoft does not and has never made a profit from the sale of its consoles, but added that the revenue from subscriptions and commission from digital sales, a 30% cut, same as Apple, offsets this cost. So it's worth noting that Wright moved to Microsoft's gaming business in October 2019, having previously worked on Office 365 apps, and she testified that Xbox consoles were designed for gaming only, omitting the TV, video and web functionality Microsoft pushed so heavily at the announcement of the Xbox One. Wright also discussed the troubles Microsoft has encountered bringing its games to the streaming service project xCloud to iOS. So last summer, it emerged that Apple significantly limited the test and ultimately rejected the app, claiming its security policies required all games to be reviewed individually. And Microsoft since found a workaround running xCloud as a browser web app. So during the case, Wright iterated Microsoft's previous comparison to other subscription and streaming services on iOS, observing that Apple does not require Netflix to review every film and TV episode in its library. The conversation also touched on the recent reduction in the Microsoft Store's commission on PC, brought down from 30% to 12%, and Wright reiterated that Microsoft has stated there's no plans to adopt this model on its consoles. Well, next up, Epic pushed Xbox to drop subscriptions for multiplayer, and Microsoft crops up everywhere in the documents released around the trial, as an email chain reveals that Sweeney tried to get the company to remove the requirement for Xbox Live Gold subscription when it comes to free-to-play multiplayer games in time for Fortnite's removal from the store. Xbox eventually dropped this restriction last month, but Sweeney asked Phil Spencer directly if it could be tied in with certain plans, quote-unquote. And the Fortnite firm had for August ones that provide an extraordinary opportunity to highlight the value proposition of consoles and PCs, in contrast to mobile platforms and to onboard new console users. Spencer declined, to which Sweeney responded that the Xbox boss would enjoy the upcoming fireworks show. So Fortnite has attracted the FTC's attention. So on the fourth day of the trial, an Epic Games executive revealed the success that Fortnite had prompted requests from the Federal Trade Commission over privacy practices. So Thomas Coe, 
Epic's Head of Business and Strategy for Online Services confirmed he was asked by the FTC about the security of customer information. Co was asked whether there had been issues surrounding the improper collection of data from players under the age of 13, but further details were discussed in a sealed session. Well, next up, Epic Games reportedly offered Sony $200 million for exclusives, so more leaked documents, more insight into the finances behind Epic's strategy to grow its online game store. A new file from September 2020 surfaced that indicated Epic Games proposed to pay Sony around $200 million to get multiple PlayStation exclusives onto the marketplace. And the document also reveals the attempt to secure exclusive games from Microsoft, although this appears to have been turned down due to concerns of a competition with Xbox Game Pass on PC. And Epic Games even reported considered approaching Nintendo, although the company recognised this was a moonshot unto itself. And finally, Apple questions Xbox testimony's credibility. So following a session with Xbox Laurie Wright in the first week, Apple filed for the court to make an adverse credibility finding concerning her testimony. So while Wright apparently testified that she had relevant documents to back up her claim, including that Microsoft sells Xbox consoles at a loss, Apple argues that Microsoft had intentionally withheld, preventing it from doing a thorough cross-examination and bringing into question the credibility of Wright's statements. It's worth noting that Apple previously tried to block Wright and two other witnesses from Facebook and Yoga Buddy from the trial, claiming their employers were publicly aligned with Epic Games. Well, loads of really interesting detail there from the Epic versus Apple court case, and that is the story so far. So I hope you enjoyed that, and shout out to gamesindustry.biz for pulling together all that information. Well, as always, thank you so much for watching or listening, and for more video game news content like this, like, subscribe, and share with a friend. To join our community, check out the Discord link in the description, and you can follow me on Twitter at TWIVG Podcast. This Week in Video Games is also a patron, and you can find out more on patreon.com forward slash This Week in Video Games. We can sign up for rewards like early access to the podcast, get your name in the credits of videos as well as exclusive content, special Discord roles, and community features too. So check out the links down below in the description or the show notes for more information. Thanks again. See you soon.